In your Bibles tonight, Romans chapter number 3, we begin, I'm sorry, Romans 13. Romans 13, we begin reading in verse number 11. Romans 13, verse number 11. The Bible says, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of your sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Look at verse number 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. And tonight's message is simply titled this, It's High Time We Wake Up. It's high time we wake up. And uh, I, I love this passage of Scripture and these verses. There's so many things that we can learn. But I want to just begin here by introducing uh, this verse number 11, the message with verse number 11. The Bible says that knowing the time, knowing the time, it, it's almost like, what time is it? It's uh, right now, it's 727. Uh, the, what time is it? It's 727. And then the Bible says, right now, now it is high time. We know what time it is. It's right now. And right now is the time, it's high time that we awake from our sleep, awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The Bible says that we should wake out of our sleep. I'll just tell you something. It's no secret, but there are lots of Christians that are asleep in the pews, not just because the preacher's boring, but because they have gotten bored with Jesus, the Word of God, and become caught up with sin and forgot that Jesus is coming again. Asleep. Well, isn't it easy to get so caught up with everything you have going on that you forget that life is short, eternity is long, Jesus is the Savior, and Something matters more than today. Now, I'll just tell you, I love life. I've got a lot to love about life, and so do you. Man, what a great... I mean, this is... Uh, school starts next week. Man, we've got a lot to think about. I, I got a boy that'll be a junior, and a boy that'll be a freshman. And they're in sports, and I got a lot to look forward to. Man, this is fun. I love life. But I've got to be careful that I remember that I am a pilgrim. This world, it's not my home. And my life needs to be lived for eternity. Does that mean I can't enjoy? Uh-uh, I'm going to enjoy it. You watch me, I'm going to have fun. We're going to go wide open and we're going to have a blast with life. But I don't want to be lulled to sleep by the things of this world to the neglect of my Savior. And so the message here to the Roman church, Christian people, he says, hey, listen, don't fall asleep in regards to the things of God. He says, wake up. He says, wake up. That verse continues, verse 11, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. 
Now, that's a very simple phrase. Our salvation is nearer than when we believed. The end of our opportunity is nearer than the day we believed. I got saved June 3rd, 1990. And every day since then, I've been moving closer to the end. The end of my opportunity to influence. Now look, it's good and okay to long for heaven. How many of you ever find yourself longing for heaven? Uh, A lot of us have precious treasures that have gone on before and we long for heaven. But I want to remind you of something. Longing for heaven is good, but do not long for heaven and forget that you have an opportunity to live for eternity. Our salvation is nearer today than it was yesterday. And in light of the fact that the days are clicking away, We should be woke, awake, alert. I want to just say something that's extremely obvious. Right now in our society, there are two words that are being used a lot. One a little less than the other. One is enlightened. I'm enlightened. You may be, but you're going to have to explain to me what you mean before I believe you. The other one is woke. Like your eyes are open and you can actually see things clearly now for the first time. I've got a feeling when we understand what God's word says about being awake, woke, and what the world says about being woke are in great contradiction. But we need to learn where our authority is. Our authority is in the word of God person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll just tell you something. You'll not find me being unkind to any person that disagrees with me. You'll not find me being harsh and bitter and angry towards people who disagree with me. But you will not also see me giving a pass to folks who are living in opposition to God's word. We hate sin. We love sinners. I am one. But I want you to understand something. It's high time we wake up. It's high time we wake up. That word uh, wake, awake from our sleep, that word awake, it means to be stirred. When's the last time something happened that you were actually stirred about? It's not a time to be passive. It's not a time to be lazy. It's not a time to, as Saul did, Dwell under the pomegranate tree. It's time to wake up. It's high time we wake up. Let's just consider a few things. What's God's word say about being awake and waking up? Number one, the Bible says this, we are to cast off the works of darkness. The Bible says in verse number 12, I'm sorry, verse number 11, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of Sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. The first thing the Bible says that we're to do if we're going to wake up is we need to cast off the works of darkness. By the world standard, wokeness accepts the the works of darkness embraces, excuse the works of darkness. But God says when it's time to wake up, and now's the time, 
When we awake, we're to wake and cast off the works of darkness. Now look, there's never a time when we excuse away sin. It's not right. It doesn't have to be mean-spirited, but it needs to be firm and foundational and rooted in the Word of God. Cast off the works of darkness. I'll just have you know something. The Bible teaches that darkness is the byproduct of welcoming sin. The more sin you welcome, the darker it gets. The less you can see the lines between what is right and wrong, the less you, can, you have clarity on making decisions that are right and wrong, the less opportunity you have to be used for God and His glory, the less opportunity you have to become productive. Have you ever watched somebody who felt like they knew it all? And they go headlong into sin. And they knew that they were doing what was right. They knew that they were doing what was best for them. They knew what they were, they were doing, what they loved. And the further they went down their enlightened journey, the further from reality they found themselves and ultimately it ended in destruction. Have you ever seen somebody go down that path? Now, God says in his word, it's time for you to awake from your sleeping. Why? Because he wants to make you miserable. No. He wants to protect you from ruining your life. Cast off the works of darkness. What are we to do? We're to cast off the works of darkness. When God says, it's time to wake up, he says, it's also time to get rid of sin. Cast off the works of darkness. We shouldn't excuse our sin. We shouldn't accept our sin. We should repent of our sin and turn to the Lord. Cast off the works of darkness. If we're going to be awake, it's time we wake up. The first step, God says, is to cast off the works of darkness. There's a lot of things we need to say no to. I'm telling you, the word no is something that should be part of the Christian's vocabulary. No. Another word that should be part of our Christian vocabulary is that is wrong. And here's a big one. In our vocabulary, we should be willing to call sin, sin. Sin. If you act in a way that is contrary to God's word, that act is sin. And folks, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now, who's the kind-hearted, benevolent person? The one that excuses sin and lets people go headlong into hell, making them feel good about being a sinner? Or the person with a broken heart who calls sin by its real name and begs for folks to turn and cast off the works of darkness that they may experience the love of Christ? Who's the person that is kind the world says the person that's kind is the person who excuses sin and doesn't say anything. But I'll have you know something. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceit. Passiveness towards sin is deceit and evil. And you are the enemy of people when you will not call sin by its name. 
The first thing we do, when it's time to wake up, if you're waking up, we need to wake up out of our sleep, cast off the works of darkness. Number two, we are to put on the armor of light. You see what the scripture says here in verse 12? The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I think there's some people who get the idea that the Christian life is the product of whitewashing ourselves of anything that's wrong. Making rules, saying no. That's fine. But that's just part of the Christian life. There are lots of things we should say no to and sins we shouldn't allow in our hearts, our lives, and our homes. But if all you're interested in is cleaning yourself up, You're missing out on the key essential part of the equation of the Christian life. You see, what do we do? The Bible says we are to cast off the works of darkness, but don't stop there because all you are now is clean and empty. The Bible says cast off the works of darkness, and then the Bible says, but put on the armor of light. There are things we cast off, but there's also things we put on. And the things we put on, the Bible says we are to put on the armor of light. I like the armor of light. The Christian life is just not what you cast off. It's also what you put on. Here's some things the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 6 in referring to the armor, Christian's armor. Here's some things that you can put on. Here's some parts of the armor of light. Truth. God's people need to be interested in truth. Righteousness. The gospel, faith, salvation, the word of God. These are things that make up the armor of God. In Ephesians chapter number 6, and the Bible teaches that we should put these things on. Truth. We should be learning and yearning to see truth and finding truth in God's word. We should yearn to be righteous. We should yearn to know and share the gospel. We should live by faith, trusting and believing the Lord. We should be saved. We should honor, study, and know the word of God. You see, when we put on the armor of light, God says something. That's the product of being awake. Wake up. Wake up. Now's not the time to slack in your Bible study. Now's not the time to neglect presenting the gospel to the laws. Now's not the time to wax and wane in your faith. Now it's high time. Wake up. Cast off the works of darkness. Number two, put on the armor of light. Number three, look at what the Bible says in verse 13. Let us walk honestly. Well, I like that. Let us walk honestly. Well, honesty, it's a wonderful thing. It's right. The country music writer said honesty is such a lonely word. (laughs) I don't believe that. You see, if we live honestly, we have peace in our hearts, we've done the right thing. You know, when you lie, when you lie, you put yourself in shackles. I mean, just like, boom, just like that. I remember my mom telling me when I was just little, she said, you know, Cody, if you lie once, you've got to lie again. I remember saying that, and I remember trying it. <laughs> she was right. And I remember, I remember about the third or fourth lie I had told in 
sequence because I was trying to keep up with the first lie. I was like, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I ain't doing this no more. I come clean. I don't want to do that. And I'm not saying I hadn't lied since, but honesty. It's a freeing thing to be honest. It's so wonderful. If you're honest, you don't have to have a long memory. And the older I get, the more thankful I am for that. Honest. He says, walk honest, as in the day. If you ever do, if you ever catch yourself doing something and you feel like I need to slip around and conceal this, you're probably not walking honestly. Walk honest as in the day. Walk honest. Well, live in such a way that people can see it. It's fine. Walk honest as in the day. And the Bible says in connection with this walking honest, it says, let me give you some examples of what not walking honest looks like. Verse 13, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting. Have you seen any rioting lately? If you're going to be awake to what's right, God's awake. God's enlightened. It will not involve rioting. How's that? There's no room. In the Christian life, in civilized society, for plundering and rioting. God says, Look, if you're walking honestly, you ain't rioting. I don't think he said, I ain't, but I did. <laughs> Not in rioting. Look at the next verse. Next thing it says, verse number 13, let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Now, this is a big deal. It's a big deal, drunkenness. I'm personally convinced that alcohol as a beverage has no room in the life of a Christian. There are some people who would believe that alcohol, drunken moderation, has a place in the Christian life. I don't. But I can tell you this for a fact. It's right here. Not in drunkenness. There's never a time in the life of any believer where you could ever possibly justify being drunk. None. Drunkenness. But let me tell you something. In our society in this moment, drunkenness is something that is gloried in. I mean, it's gloried in. I mean, people don't think they've had any fun until they've got drunk. But there's no room for that. For Christian people, none. Not in drunkenness. The Bible puts in direct contrast. You see this? On one side, the Bible says, walk honestly. And on the other side, the Bible says, don't you be drunk. You can't be drunk and walk honestly. If we're going to be awake... We're going to walk honestly, not in rioting, not in drunkenness, not in drunkenness. Look at this third one, not in chambering. Now, these are very straightforward things. I'm really kind of glad it's Wednesday night. Chambering. You can just imagine, this is a sexual sin, sexual lewdness. Chambering. But chambering is sexual sin that is uh, a little more tolerated. It's... Chambering, it's sexual sin between a man and a woman. Chambering is adultery, fornication. 
chambering. The Bible says, look, walking honestly and chambering doesn't go together. There's no room for sexual lewdness and sex outside of marriage. The Bible says the bed is honorable and undefiled. But we're to say no to chambering. There's a lot of Christians who excuse it away. I'm an adult now. It doesn't have anything to do with adulthood. Adults don't get a pass. We don't have, and the world's told us this lie. The world's told us this lie. These are adult movies. This is adult content. No, it's wicked content. It's sinful. It's sexual perversion. And this has nothing to do with being 18 or 21. You you see, just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you get a pass to sexual perversion. We don't. God has designed the institution of marriage and sex to be enjoyed in marriage, and it's okay. And it's good in its context. And it does and promotes good things and helps build strong families when it is observed and held in its right context. But God's Word says, if you're going to walk honestly, you're not going to do it in chambering. And just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you can violate God's principles in regards to sexual things. Now, there's a group of people who would say, well, I'm an adult, so this is okay. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. If you're going to wait and walk honestly, you're not, you cannot excuse chambering, sexual lewdness, adultery, fornication between a man and a woman. And then it goes deeper. The Bible says in verse 13, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. Now here's one, wantonness. Wantonness is unbridled lust. This is the one that is plaguing our society. Men after men, women after women, doing that which is unseemly with God's creation. Wantonness, sexual unbridled lust. The Bible says that's not God. And let me tell you something. If you find yourself in a place where you are excusing rioting, drunkenness, chambering, wantonness, you are not awake. God is sending a message from heaven that it's high time you do awake from your sleep. You cannot, as a child of God, put your stamp of approval on this. Because we're to walk honestly. Walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, not in drunkenness, not in chambering, not in wantonness. Look at the next one in verse 13. Not in strife and envyings. Not in strife and envyings. Now, God says that Christian people aren't to walk and live in strife. I don't know about you, but I hate going to Walmart. This comes up occasionally. You know something terrible? I had to go to Walmart twice already this week, and it's just Wednesday. Y'all pray for me. 
You know something I noticed walking around Walmart and the Food City? I went, I'll tell you something else I did this past week. I went to Food City on Saturday at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock on Saturday. That place is nuts. Nuts. But here's something I observed. Here's something I observed. Just about everywhere you go, if there's two people together, guess what you find? Strife. It's wild. I was in line at the pharmacy. Father and daughter. I couldn't imagine talking to anybody the way they're talking to each other. But they're talking, the way they're talking with such strife and awfulness. It's just like, it's just common practice. And I'm not judging people because I can fall in that trap easily myself, I know. But strife is a product of living in darkness. The Bible says only by pride comes contention. And the Bible teaches that we don't have to live in constant strife. You know what? Some people, they don't feel like they're living unless they've stirred something up. It's, it's a habit. It's a sinful habit to want strife. People love strife. You know, it's, it's wild because the world feeds us these things. The world feeds us chambering and wantonness, rioting and drunkenness. The world feeds us strife. I mean, there's a whole genre of movie called drama. Right? Drama. And there's people who are like, I love drama. And I know because I've been to Walmart this week. People love drama. <laughs> Strife. It's sinful. Strife. Now look. It is so easy for Christian people to fall into the trap of strife. You may never fall into wantonness. You may not fall into chambering. But it's easy to fall into strife. It's easy at the place where you just accept that as common practice and you partake. It's time you wake up. Strife. The scripture continues. It says, strife and envying. Envy is something that the devil uses especially among church people. Envying. Oh, if I only had what she had. If I only had what he had. Envying. Envying. Now, I can guarantee you something. If you had what they had and you're miserable now, you'd be miserable when you had what they had. Maybe miserabler. Is that a word? Because envy is a sin. And if you're not happy with what you have, you're not going to be happy with the next thing you have either, even if it's hers or his. Envy. Oh, man, you hear it all the time. That's not fair. It's just not fair. I illustrated how I feel about the word fair to my Sunday school class on Sunday. <laughs> Envying. And the Bible says that if these things are creeping into your Christian life, you are not walking honestly. You are not living awake 
to the fact that Jesus is coming again and your days to influence others for the glory of God and the gospel and for eternity are swiftly coming to an end. Number three, walk honestly. Number four, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says in verse number 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this thought to put on the armor of light, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What are we putting him on? I don't know exactly how that looks, and I don't know exactly how to explain it. But we're to put on Jesus. We're not to be a put on, but we're to put him on. We're to put him on us, put him on the things that we do. Let me remind you of something. You live in the presence of God. He's omnipresent. Remember that everywhere you go, you take him with you. Everything you do, he sees. Put on the Lord Jesus. Live consciously in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, number five. Number five. I'd love to spend more time on number four, but we're getting to number five. The Bible says, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I love this phrase. Make not provision for the flesh. I had the greatest blessing just before I got up here to preach. I was a little worried about it. Because Ruth brought me provision just before church tonight. A big chunk of chicken and rice, a piece of cheesecake. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, I was eating it thinking, this may not be good come preaching time. But I thank God for the provision anyway. Provision. You know that word provision, right? Uh, you, you get your provisions. Uh, uh, your provisions come from the grocery store, and then you find out there's lots of people strife there. Provision. You, you understand what I'm getting at? Provision. And so the Bible says, make no provision. Don't provide for it. Don't give food to. Make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. We're not to give the flesh the food it needs in order to grow. Have you ever heard anybody say, whatever you do, don't feed the flesh. Don't feed the flesh. Well, the Bible says it just like this, make not provision for the flesh. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Well, what do we do? We're to get to the place where we have enough sense to guard ourselves from the things that feed our flesh. How many of you know, now it's going to be different for me, and for you, but how many of you know a besetting sin, a temptation you have? And how many of you can put your finger on some place or something or some setting that feeds your flesh and gets you to the place where you're going to start going down the wrong direction? How many of you can identify that? You can just nod your head. Now, the Bible says that we're to make not provision for the flesh. Now, that is the exact opposite of what the world, the flesh, and the devil teaches us. The world, the flesh, and the devil teach us that we're adults. We can, we can handle that. The world, the flesh, and the devil teaches us that, that we are, we are, are uh, enlightened and we, it's okay to experience that. But God says, make not provision for the flesh. Don't feed it. Don't feed it. Guess what happens? 
If you stop feeding a monster, it dies. And God says, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. May God help us. But what do we need? It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up and stop making excuses for sin. Stop making excuses for sin. Wake up. And during the days that God has given us, the days that we have left, by all means, let us serve Him faithfully. You know what God gives us when we wake up to righteousness and wake up to the reality of sin, perversion? What does God give us? He gives us certain sweetness about life, an opportunity to make a difference in life and eternity. And it's always right. Folks, I just want you to know something. It is high time we wake up. It's high time we wake up. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. I want to read it to you one last time. Will you look at it and follow along? Verse number 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh. To fulfill the lust thereof.